Welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by TCT. I'm TCT Head of Content, Laura Griffiths, and I'm here with Senior Content Producer, Sam Davis. Today, we are joining you live from Rapid Plus TCT in Detroit. And judging by the fact that we started this podcast and Sam is rubbing his eyes, <laughs> I think we're both very, very tired. We spent the last three days um, getting to grips with the latest developments in the additive manufacturing space. So, Sam, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, tired. Um, my feet aren't normally at this point. Feet are in bits. Not too bad, but just quite sleepy. Um, to be fair, though, today's probably the day I felt best. It's good. I've been jet lagged all week, and today I feel it's good, but I also leave in about 24 hours. So it's true. So as I say, we're here in Detroit and we're going to run you through some of the things we've seen on the show floor today. We're going to do, do it really, really quickly. So I do encourage you to go over to tcmagazine.com to read some of these stories in full. And there'll be plenty more as well coming out on the website uh, throughout the rest of the next few weeks and also um, in the next magazine in our Rapid Plus TCT review. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to cram in. So let's just crack on. I think I'm going to start chronologically and go back to the keynote on day one, Sam, okay. um, where Siemens USA CEO and President Barbara Humpton talked about global manufacturing and her belief that we're setting the stage now for AM to, quote, remake the industrial world. Barbara talked a lot about how we're at this point in manufacturing now where we can have global innovation but still make things. That is plain going over. Global innovation, people, <laughs> where we can have global innovation and make things anywhere in the world, and I don't know about you, Sam, but I've heard similar thoughts across the show floor this week from various companies who have made reference to the supply chain challenges that we've faced in the last few years and how AM can be a solution to that. I've seen some very optimistic viewpoints. I've seen some very, I'll just say, realistic viewpoints as well to what that actually means. Is that sort of thing that you've been seeing as well? Yeah, some people, yeah, I, and I have to really think hard to differentiate because it's all a blur. Some people, yeah, have been, I guess, still full of optimism. Some people suggesting that um, somebody basically picked out a nasal swab application that was on their staff, put it down in front of me and said, nobody is doing that anymore. Um, making the point that obviously AM made a big impact during the pandemic, but as soon as the supply chains kind of got back. I know there's still some supply chain disruptions um, and also some disruptions behind us, um, <laughs> but they're making the point that things have come back to normal and AM isn't being used, at least in that case. So, yeah, so it's a bit of a mix, but I, I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, better than everybody being too optimistic or too pessimistic. So that's true. Like that. That disruption you can hear is there. <laughs> Sound of a trade show being packed away. Um, and as a part of that, we've also been asking pretty much everyone we've spoken to this week for their thoughts on AM Forward, the US government's new additive manufacturing initiative, which will see um, large manufacturers like Siemens supporting smaller US-based suppliers and adopting 3D printing technology. And a lot of that has kind of touched on supply chain as well. And similar to what you were just saying there, Sam, I'm, I've heard different viewpoints and some of the more pragmatic ones have been from people that have been in the industry for quite some time who have seen when we've we've had government interest for additive manufacturing before, 
I guess amongst the height wave really and nothing was nothing really came out of it like we got more attention on the technology and more people know about it but in terms of it being widely adopted and I think it was um, Abby Reichenthal at Nexus 3D who was saying that I think at the minute you know we need to be you know we need to think smart about it but we also need to consider the fact that in the last few years you know we've had these supply chain challenges we've also got a climate crisis as well so maybe yeah years ago we did have this um interest in item manufacturing and it didn't quite go the way we really wanted it to but maybe now because we've got this kind of all these things it's got a perfect storm happening then maybe something good will come out of this now maybe it's the right time to have this uh, um, additional attention on the technology yeah i think that's a good point i think i've had to say it where people have referenced previous initiatives that involved the government obviously the kind of hype wave of maybe 10 or so years ago. Um, but then others maybe suggested the technology is further along, they might be more ready for that kind of exposure. Um, a lot of people just not wanting to say one way or the other because they don't know really what it's going to be. But I think there at least there's the bones of a plan there um, and a bit of strategy, which guess help but a lot of people come saying well one thing saying it and then that's another thing actually doing it and having a positive impact um obviously we're going to be collating all of the um the feedback we've got on that um in the coming days so that'll be on the website pretty quickly i would imagine um so we'll obviously see what everyone said there but yeah, again another you know mixed responses on that mm-hmm. I think I want to try and walk through the show floor now to remember things that I've seen this week. So it's very hard, as you just say, it's all a bit of a blur. We've not really had time to process it uh, yet. Um, so I think I'll go to desktop metal first because it's one of the biggest stands. I've seen so many people call that stand a house. Mm. I don't know what houses these people live in. No. <laughs> it's certainly not like mine. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I went over to Desert Metal for um, a tour. There's so much to see. They've got over 300 production parts on the stand. And I thought, oh, well, I bet some of them would be like little tiny parts in a bucket or something. But they're not. They've got loads of different parts across industries. And um, it's kind of the first time that we've seen all the acquisitions they've made. It's the first time I've seen them presented like this um, in a trade show setting. And one of those things was the the new sand printer, the S Max Flex, which was on the cover of TST magazine. And they've also got their new production system, the P1, which is kind of this gateway printer to the production system, P50. You've got the huge eTech Extreme XK DLP printer. So loads of machines to go take a look at. And um, But what I found most interesting actually um, was the materials development coming out of Adaptive 3D, which is also now part of the desktop metal family. And it's called Freeform. And they had an example on the booth, which was um, the inside of a car seat where you would normally have the foam inside it. Um, and instead, it was like a lattice structure. It's printed in these free foam resins, which contain a heat activated agent, which means um, you basically print the part by a DLP, print it in a, in a smaller form. And then when they take it out, they put it through this, um, this oven process. And this can be expanded to then two to seven times the original size. So um, I'll, I'll post a picture on, on our um, Twitter later on today. But um, you have this like, small car seat and then the large one which was like the the finished part um so it, it was it was very cool and not like anything that i've ever seen before i mean there's so many benefits to this i mean just in terms of immediate benefits you know you think you can pack in so many parts into a build platform something like one of those um the the 8k um e-tech machine you could pack so many of these um 
large part large parts as they were being available pack them in and then you know you process them to the intended form afterwards but also think about shipping as well we are talking about supply chains and using additive manufacturing within that um you know you could pack a load of parts in that smaller size and then the um wherever it was going to on the other end let's say we ship it to another country they could then do the curing part themselves because it's meant to be pretty straightforward the process and then they could just um have the the fully formed part on there and so there's all these different types of benefits and i just thought it was it was very very cool and um I think as well, I liked it because um, in this keynote on day two, it, which which was Honeywell Aerospace, um, Brian Borkman, um, who is their chief engineer, he was talking an awful lot about materials and how um, in additive manufacturing, you know, we just haven't had that materials library. I mean, he was talking about if, as if it was a literal library. Um, and he said, you know, right now we've kind of just got these little pamphlets of, of materials, but um what really needs is an encyclopedia of materials for additive manufacturing. And I think I've heard an awful lot this week, which I suppose we've heard of the last few years, but how it is all about materials, starting with materials, you build your applications from materials. Engineers want to go in, they want to know that um, the materials that you're there using, they've got the properties they need, especially when you talk about production. Go on to the 3D systems booth um, the next day. They talk a lot about this as well, and it's why they're creating these data sheets with all of their materials so the engineers know exactly what they're getting. They don't want any surprises. It's all about complete transparency. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, it was an interesting materials development, and it, it sort of, because um, this was one of the first visits I did, it kind of set me off and talking about materials then for, for the rest of the week. So, um, that was a pretty cool one. Sam, I know you've seen an awful lot of people this week. What's one of the best things you've seen? Um, I didn't see too much of it because there was a queue forming to have the demo of the software and I thought I'm probably the least important person in that queue, so I'll step out of it. Um, but it was the Coam, 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 I can't remember how they pronounce it, that materialised launch uh, this week or maybe last week, one of the weeks. Um, and that is a backbone um, that allows different software elements to talk to each other. It's open architecture, so there's potential for a, a whole host of software tool providers to be integrated. I think AMflow and Castor were announced as two of the ones that they've onboarded already. Um, and so the open architecture of CoAM will allow AM users to integrate their preferred tools, gain access to latest software innovations, and basically it's going to allow them to, to scale. Um, they will also have access to production data, which will enable them to continuously monitor and improve their AM workflows. Um, and it also utilizes a data lake to connect all of the production tools and track what's happening on the production floor. Um, and users will be able to define their own, their own workflows with that kind of knowledge database um, and then continue to improve on that. Um, material, I believe that will create um, an AI-powered learning platform where every part printed has a potential for better improved as well. Um, the plan is to offer uh, up to and then more than 25 software applications. Um, so there's going to be in integration with Magix, um, and watch for the shop floor data collection, material processes as well. Um, which will have connected to with more than 150 different printing systems. Um, and then it's going to be open to other software vendors um, like Airflow and Castor, which have already onboarded. Um, this week they've been explaining 
um, in perception, so I've got handy little pamphlet thing here. Um, and so those three sections are plan, do, and check. Um, so in plan, you've got things like production planning, process tuning, data and build prep. In do, that includes printing portion of the workflow, build processing, shop for data, data telemetry, and post-processing. And then check is inspection and QMS reporting. And then from the middle of that is where you get data late, which is where all of the stakeholders get their learnings. Um, and then after the interview happened, I was kind of milling about the food. Then they're going to take OAM to IMTS um, because they, they do think this is a product that will open up production opportunities. Um, and they also said that that might be the last time we see Link 3D branding on materialized food um, because they're definitely integrated. And when I was talking to them about that acquisition and the reasons behind that, this was like the reason they they've been wanting to do this for a while and acquiring Link 3D and bringing in their technology and their expertise has basically enabled. Um, to do CoAM when built up or when enabled by all of that technology basically. Um, and so yeah, going forward we think three products will just be materialized products, um, which will be quite interesting for Yeah, it's nice to get some clarity on that because it's one of those stories it, it was about a year ago now when they when they brought them in. And they announced it and then it was uh, I think it was only confirmed in like the autumn of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's good to see um what's happening with that and you're going to be going to IMTS hopefully I think you're going to get a lot of on this podcast today um me and Sam just talking at each other about (laughs) the latest developments we haven't seen any of the same things we've crossed each other every now and again have you seen this that was really cool (laughs) um another one that I wanted to point out I am just going to kind of speed through um, some of these now because I'm aware we've got like um, a bit to get through um, and as I say the main stories are on, are on the website but um, I want to touch on the Stratasys booth because again did a huge tour of that there's an awful lot of different things um, including um, software on there too um, they've similarly made acquisitions over the last few years and this i think for me this is probably the first time i've gone and seen the results of, of all of that the, you know the, the saf technology on there which um, came from zar 3d um and then you've got the origin machines on there as well and everything that's happened there and the rps systems too which um, was one of the ones and um, so when i was speaking to the tina that was the machine that they, that they seemed very excited about they've had really good feedback on that machine and obviously as a uk yeah. Based, uh, based company I was like oh that's cool because it's a UK founded technology and so that was very very nice to hear um, so so much stuff to um, to get around and, and take in on the booth but um, one of the things that I really liked on it was um, I haven't seen anything from this uh, J850 textile 3D printer yet but some of the textiles they were making with it were, were really really cool um, again I've I've got basically a tweet thread saved that I'm going to post later on today and some of it will include images um, of these but um, some really really nice stuff so it's just using the Apologet technology to print directly onto textiles and onto fabrics and and the detail was incredible it feels really nice as well I think that's the other thing you know because we're talking about plastics you you know you wonder can you get that texture where it feels like soft and you know Mm -hmm. it feels like like clothing but um but it does have that that nice tactile and finish on it so that that was really cool to see and and some of the packaging stuff as well on there the packaging applications which Sam I know you've written about in the magazine before um I remember 
years ago now, it must have been 2016, um, going to visit Otterbox, the, the manufactured phone cases and things um, with Stratasys. And they were using the, um, the Apologet technology to make like, um, like prototypes which looked pretty much like the end use part as close to that as possible. And um, it was just cool yesterday to see how much that technology has come on in that time, even just in those last few years and seeing it used for packaging. You know, you look at some of those bottles on that stand, I think they had like um, a Mountain Dew bottle and it just looks like, you know, you could be tricked into just wanting to, to take a swig of that. <laughs> so um, it was really interesting to see the, the evolution of, of that technology. And Stratasys, of course, really bringing home this message that they are the um, they want to be this one-stop shop for polymer printing, which we've talked about before. We've talked about it on the podcast, um, and they do really seem to have every little bit um, of that corner ticked now with the Origin technology, with RPS, and with the um, the super fast um, technology with SAF. Forgotten what SAF stands for? Selective absorption fusion. I think you're correct. Um, so yeah, with all of these different types of technologies and, and mainly um, aimed at, at, at production as well. Oh, and also the, the new um, F-series printers, the, the composite machines. Um, it's cool to see some parts from that as well because we know with this F-series, it's about um, creating that accessibility, the idea that an engineer would have one of these printers and just have it right next to them on, on the shop floor and be able to print out parts. And they had um, various different things, printing these materials from um, like manufacturing tools, but also, um, you know things like um, like end use parts as well the kind of stuff you'd expect carbon fiber to be used for and um, yeah really nice to see all that stuff in person and um, I'm trying to make sure I've ticked off absolutely everything mm -hmm. now but um, I will be uh, putting out a story on the website um, in the next few weeks today's episode is sponsored by 3d systems here, Sam Green, 3D Systems Professional Printer Category Manager, discusses advancements in polymer materials to increase AM repeatability, productivity and part performance. I know that 3D printing has been moving for some time now from a predominantly prototyping tool to a manufacturing tool. And the real end game really is for 3D printing not to replace traditional manufacturing, but to support that, adding breadth and depth and agility and complexities are where it's uh, really required. SLS is a great contender for producing uh, plastic, true plastic parts, thermoplastics in PA12, nylons. However, the drawback of many thermoplastic technologies has been the process by which these individual layers of the parts are melded together. So large thermal discrepancies can occur typically across either a single part where you display different mechanical properties at one end of the part and different mechanical properties at the other end. And the same is true if you have a batch of parts. But what we've really done, we've created the new SLS 380 3D printer. And this is designed to deliver consistent and repeatable parts. So we've installed eight individually controlled heaters. And then we've installed a high resolution IR camera that's able to take 100,000 thermal data samples from within the build chamber every second. So the system's algorithm is able to quickly identify any areas where there's high thermal gradient uh, or very low thermal gradient, and then it immediately adjusts the duty cycle of the relevant heater to remove that thermal discrepancy and ensure a more consistent sintering process. And ultimately, this uh, temperature stability creates significantly higher part yields 
and ultimately a more efficient process and even lower part costs. You guys have talked a lot about advancing the science and one of those areas is photopolymer resins. Can you just elaborate on how you're leveraging that to deliver production grade part performance there? We've been able to develop a series of novel patented chemistries and these have really opened the door to the first true production ready photopolymers for additive manufacturing. So we started this process with a figure four 3D printer with our tough black 20 material. This along with other production grade materials that we've released since then, all these materials are tested to demonstrate that they can retain most of their mechanical properties typically up to eight years indoor and two years outdoor. 30 years ago, 3D Systems invented the SLA 3D printing uh, technology, uh, which uses a vector laser to scan and cure resins in a vat. In contrast to that, the figure four, it still uses a vat, of course, but it replaces that laser with a projector-based imaging system that cures a whole layer at a time rather than point by point. So the great advantage of this is, of course, uh, speed. Figure four is unique in that it is a non-contact membrane technology, which means the part does not come into contact with a transparent layer at the bottom of the print tray. So the end game has always been to port over the revolutionary material advances we've made from the projector-based figure four to our SLA range, such as the Pro X800. Back in July, we launched the first of these materials. It's called the Acura AMX Rigid Black, a high-strength uh, production-grade SLA material with really good environmentally stabilized uh, properties that can withstand years of indoor, outdoor UV and humidity exposure. It's ideal for large one-to-one -one scale automotive, consumer durable mounts, frames, jigs, fixtures, or internal frames in things like such as uh, white goods. But taken together, we now have a very powerful solution mix when it comes to resins. If you need small batch quantities of tens to hundreds of thousands of production grade plastic parts, the figure four is an excellent solution. And now if you need large one-to-one -one scale, large production parts, we now have our SLA platform with the first in our range of Acura AMX materials. To learn more about long-term resin performance and industrial scale SLS workflow solutions, visit mytct.co forward slash 3D systems pod or mytct.co forward slash pod SLS. Sam, what about you? I know you've seen um, Jable this week. You've, you've um, also spoke to companies like Dimension as well. Where are we going to next? We are going to Jable next. Um, so they, I haven't spoken to Jable in... I think I spoke to, to John Dolcino, who was on stage at some point this week. Last time I spoke to Jable, it was with him. Um, he's moved to GKN. So I was speaking to the materials guys this week, um, and they launched uh, PK5000 <clears throat> for powder based 3D printing, which um, is being evaluated by EOS, Farsoon, and 3D Systems. Um, there were parts of the show this week printed with Farsoon Systems on them. Um, and then Jable's going to release process parameters for all major SOS platforms. Um, so, so basically ensure widespread access to, to this material. It's a um, patent pending material um, and it is based on a polyketone resin which is an eco-friendly low carbon material made from carbon monoxide. Um, and it's their first major powder development um, after they've done some PA12 and things like that, but this is kind of the first specialty kind of material, something a bit different that they developed from scratch at their materials innovation centre, which was apparently opened four years ago, which is now feels like a year ago. <laughs> um, they they weren't able to obviously tell me why 
head and the, um, the, they were saying that they've made some tweaks to the material that you know makes it processable on an artist machine um, and those things are quite novel but they couldn't divulge what they were until I guess that, that paper was um, fully confirmed um, so the kind of properties and the, the benefits of the material um, include great elongation at freight ductility similar to PA11 um, it's got better chemical resistance than PA12 cheaper than PA12 and um, Gable said it's got 6% lower carbon footprint than PA12 too. Um, they're saying it's also similar to palm or Delrin material, which is used in like automotive consumer electronics for like gears and bearings, rollers and fittings. I think I think Ascension have got some material like that too. Um, they talk about Delrin a lot. Um, and so yeah, the parts that um, Jable's going after with this material um, are, are basically applications that need um, good chemical resistance, ductility, impact strength, um, and the, the markets are looking at our automotive, consumer, defence and healthcare. And um, Jable thinks that this material is going to expand the market window for what an SLS material can do. Um, they seem pretty excited about it, and they were telling me that this is obviously the first one. Um, particularly powder, they've done a load of filaments at that centre, the first powder one that they've done since it opened. They had a bit of disruption with COVID where they stopped producing materials mm. basically were, you know, doing what everyone else was doing. But um, they're, they're really excited to start getting more of these um, materials out. And then just quickly on Dimension, um, they had a couple of announcements. The first um, was that the Lubezol Stain, a Stan 3D TPU material, is now compatible with the PowerFuse S. Um, the PowerFuse S is a uh, service finishing platform which uses VaporFuse technology. Uh, and then the second announcement was a bit of a software PowerFuse S system, um, the PowerFuse S PT, um, polypropylene. Um, that's going to be unveiled at four next. And this system is nearly identical to the standard PowerFuse S, but it uses a specially developed bio based solvent that is. Been successfully tested with uh, PP materials from HBSA, EOS Cabestro, and a few others. Um, so that'll be properly unveiled at format. Um, but they, for whatever reason, decided to, to let everyone know that that's coming this week. <laughs> I think um, I, I think we're going to have to give in to the fact that this whole place is going to come down yeah. <laughs> around us very soon. So we'll try and try and run through the last ones um, even more quickly. Um, just some um, other stops that I wanted to mention. Um, similar to the Stratasys tool that I mentioned in Desktop Metal, I went to see BD Systems, who similarly have taken on board um, a number of companies um, in the last few years. You've got Titan Robotics and Qmovis. Um, it was nice to see all the different technologies on the booth. It's the first time I've seen the SLA 750 uh, with the dual laser system, which you'd think by this point now, I wouldn't get mesmerized anymore by looking at lasers going around the machine. But because this has got the, the, the dual laser capabilities, I was stood there for a long time, just uh, just kind of you know in awe of it. Um, but they've got the new material for that as well on the post-processing station, which I can't wait to write up actually, because I was, I was taking a tour and the team were really enthusiastic about that, particularly the post-processing side, because um, I think we've, we've had um, stories about this in, in the mag before, but it's, you know, we always talk about post-processing. It's a bit that people don't want to talk about. It's people, it's a bit that people think about less. Um, 
on this curing oven that they've got for the, the large um, SLA 750 system, which was launched um, back at AMUG. Um, just really kind of streamlines that process. It, it, it's so much more reliable. Um, there's all these preset um preset modes in it to make sure that you've got the right curing and profiles all that kind of stuff really nice to hit to hear about that this this really well thought out end-to-end -end workflow including the new materials as well for that and i got to handle some of the materials and some of the parts so um i'll be showing more of that um in the coming weeks and but also see the titan robotic stuff as well there was there was so many bits on that stand i was looking at furniture and i'd go Oh, that was off that printer. Like this, they've they've used the machine to to make a lot of bits for the um you know for the tables and stuff on the stand. So that that was pretty cool as well because um as we know from Titan Robotics, they have some some huge systems. So and it's um all based on this pellet extrusion system, which we've talked about in the past. So um interested to see uh, what more comes out of that. Um, Mosaic um, Manufacturing was another one that I wanted to touch on. Um, it's a company we have seen a little bit of before, but I don't think I've ever actually seen their machine. Um, and they were kind of a few a few stands away from where the TCT booth was this week. And um, the amount of people that kept saying to me, have you, have you gone over to see, see uh, Mosaic yet? I said, no, no. So I finally went over to them. Um, so what it is, is they've got a desktop printer called the Element, which allows you to load up eight material cartridges. So you can do multi-material printing. Um, and some of the parts I saw that was, you know, things like, you know, a couple of layers of one color, then layers of another color on top. And you can also um, use kind of these um, higher temp materials as well, these more um, kind of um, difficult engineering grade materials within that. Um, so you've got the desktop printer by itself, but um, I guess the, the big news on that booth was um, the array system, which was this like, big unit, which you can fit four of these element printers into it, each with eight material cartridges on the back. So that's you know, loads, um, loads of different material capabilities in there. They say that with having um, this array printer and all these machines, sorry, this array system and all these machines on board, it gives you the ability to run the equivalent of 250 printers with a single operator. Um, they were talking about um, their customers and how like they, they've seen a lot of interest from um, aerospace, places like that, but also service um, providers. And I'm pretty sure I saw online the other day, um, MakeLab had posted that they've got something coming up with Mosaic, which would make sense because make lab has been you know singing the praises of using desktop 3d printing for um you know to, to really scale your business and how as long as you've got a bit of smart thinking that is absolutely possible um and so it was almost like seeing this in a kind of compact setting really um but it was really cool to see you know you you um see the printers come off and then watch the stack of parts and once um once one build has been completed um you'll be able to then another fresh build plate is then put onto a system so you can just start another another build straight away it's all it's it's all very autonomous and very efficient so um really interesting one and i've, I've said i'm going to follow up with those guys and um, when we get back and um, speak to them a little bit more um because i just didn't really get enough enough time on the booth really but they've seen that they've looked super busy this week um anyway um and sam before i just finish on one of the partnership announcements i want to talk about is there any more that you want to touch on before we do yeah i'll quickly do uh, digital metal um who one of the few maybe one of the only ones who launched a machine that they didn't tell anyone about beforehand <laughs> um so they launched the dmp pro metal bandjet system which features seventeen thousand four hundred nozzles and promises a material deposition rate of up to a thousand cubic centimeters per hour 1600 dpi um it also has a build volume of 250 by 217 by 70 millimeters and it's complemented by custom software built on siemens magsphere uh azot 3d who 
at the Soviet Bureau who got the first X-Jet metal machine. Um, they've been named as one of the first users of digital metal game machine. We've got that story on, on the website. Um, and then another band, Japanese GM, Tibber's name, its latest beta partner for its own metal band, Jet Technology, with Kenna Metal joining Sambit coming and Wabtech, if I remember rightly, partners. Um, I spoke with Brian Berkmeyer, who's the product line leader for Bandicoot. He added the first thing this morning, um, and there's still no launch date on the Bandicoot technology from G, but we'll have updates from him and uh, Jay Burrell and from, uh, from Canada, um on the website soon. Lots of speed for you there. Just visit tstmagazine.com to see those stories in full. And the last one I just want to touch on is, you know, we're here this week as part of a strategic partnership uh, between um, SME and Rapid News Group, TCT Group, to produce Rapid Plus TCT. Um, you know, it's been great this year, been so involved in developing the conference. And this year, we also saw the announcement of SME's partnership with Women in 3D Printing, which is so exciting. You know, Sam and I have worked with Women in 3D Printing um, a lot of the last few years on various panel sessions and things like that um, at TCT um, over in the UK. And it's great to see this partnership um, here in the US. The idea is um, they're going, the partners are going to work together on a number of things. So there's, there's four main key um, main touch points for this. So the first is um, they're actually going to work together now on the annual type conference, um, which was launched by uh, Women in 3D Printing two years ago. So next year, that's going to be co-produced uh, with the SME. That conference focuses on technology, industry, people, and economics. And it will also be complemented by the launch of the Women in 3D Printing Showcase at next year's Rapid Plus TCT. And the idea of that is to expand the values of type with this in-person experience because type has been um, an online conference for the last couple of years they're also going to partner on um it's an existing thing that women in 3d printing have it's the next uh, gen mentorship program so the sme are going to be working on that and the idea is to recognize the importance of workforce development um and they're also going to co-author next year's um, Diversity for Additive Manufacturing annual report, which looks at how organisations are expanding and developing their workforce and also what more can be done. Um, so this is uh, really, really exciting. And it was great on the first day to see uh, Nora Teray, who is the founder of Winning 3D Printing, take the stage to talk about this partnership. People say this an awful lot, but this industry is about collaboration and working together and the more time goes on the more we realize that when we see these um, partnerships and, and and how um different technologies can build each other up and i think that's true of people as well and this partnership i think only exemplifies that and i'm really excited um to see where this goes in the next few years well sam i think we need to go you've got a meeting to go to i do um i'm just going to do things like that so thank you very much for listening and um, if you've been at rapid plus dct this week we hope you've had a really uh, valuable week um and if you haven't then please check out tctmagazine.com to get an update on all the things that we've seen uh, and keep an eye out as well over the next few weeks as we'll be uh, frantically typing up all the following stories before we head over to tct 360 in the uk which is happening on june 8th and 9th so Bye. Overheard earlier, nine working days. That will be true because we have the Queen's Jubilee celebration in the middle, yeah. and my birthday, and More importantly, your birthday. yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's going to be non-stop. I think so. It's all exciting now. 
So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And for more additive insight, head on over to tsumagazine.com to get your free print subscription to the magazine and get the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every single week. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again next time. Bye.